0: Welcome to ETF TV news, your updates on newly issued exchange traded funds and products. I'm Dan Barnes. Joining me today is Deborah Furr of ETFGI, Miranda Seath, head of market insights at the investment association and Howie Lee, head of ETFs at legal and general investment management. Guys,
1: welcome to the show.
2: Great to be here. Lovely to be here.
1: Great to be here. Thanks, Dad.
2: So, today we're going to be discussing the fact that on April 19th, the Investment Association decided to include ETFs for the first time in their sectors.
0: Miranda, to start with you, what caused the IA to start including ETFs and why weren't they before?
3: So, it's been quite a long process. We actually went out to consultation on this issue in 2018. So, it's something that's been on our radar for a while. And clearly, what we're trying to do with the IA sectors is to reflect the choices that are available. To retail investors in the UK. And as we've seen ETFs gain traction, obviously, we've seen also a trend to passive in the UK, following the RDR, the IO sectors has been keeping an eye on ETFs, looking at the whole of the sectors framework and thinking about how ETFs can best fit in, knowing that we'll see an increase in funds. So on April the 19th, we welcomed 530 ETFs into our sectors. And so we're really pleased to be able to reflect the fact that ETFs are increasingly a part of the retail investor toolkit.
2: And can you tell us which ETFs you decided to include, or how did you decide which ones would be in the sectors?
3: So we don't actually decide. It's very much the firms themselves put forward ETFs to be included. And the IA has an ETF committee, which is made up of a number of firms, all of which I'm happy to say did actually submit ETFs, for inclusion, so some of the big names in the industry, and happily also legal and in general investment management ETFs are in there as well. Really, it's a process where we ask firms to categorize their own ETFs. And obviously, we have a number of sectors. We've got about 52 IA sectors, in fact, and some of the largest sectors taking ETFs were our global sector, and as you may have seen in the news, global bonds. But because we were seeing a big increase in the number of ETFs coming in. We're also aware that that could really cause the sectors to become potentially too large for retail investors to be able to find and compare funds. So as part of the process, we've actually split up our global bond sector into 14 new sectors. And so there's no barrier to entry, really. The only criteria that we do have is that at the moment, we're only including physical ETFs. But other than that, it's really up to ETF providers to submit the funds and to decide on the sectors that are most appropriate.
2: And do they have to be listed on the London Stock Exchange to be included, or it could be listed on exchanges across Europe?
3: Really, the main stipulation is availability for sale in the UK, and it has to be a USITS fund with HMRC reporting status. And obviously, we've been working with firms to welcome ETF providers into this process, some firms do have quite substantial knowledge of how the IA sectors work. Other firms are new to our sectors framework, so we have a team to answer questions and take people through the application process. But it's very similar, in fact, identical to the one that we use for overseas domiciled funds. And Howie, how important is this to you as an ETF
2: issuer?
1: This has been hugely important. I think we've been engaged in this process right from the very start. I mean, if you take a look at how investors think about investments these days, people are looking at passive instruments, index-based, or they're looking at active instruments. And having ETFs being part of the framework basically means you get an all-of-market view on this and being able to benchmark whether you're index-based or you're active-based. It's really important for investors to be able to see the entire universe available to them here in the UK. I think it also promotes the fact that ETFs, or just another mutual fund vehicle, just happens to be listed.
2: What type of investors are using the IA database to do their fund selection?
1: It's most definitely the wealth market as well as the advisory market. You know They refer to those sectors. And if you think about how even in the funds world, many talk about their peers and the peer groups tend to be within those same sectors. It is very much that group that's going to look at, well, what else is in your peer group, whether it's index-based or discretion-based.
2: And when you think about the UK market, can you talk to us about what type of investors are overall using ETFs?
1: The market itself is still pretty fragmented when you look at just on the retail lens, There are certainly investors, direct retail, that will go onto a platform and buy an ETF themselves because it's very simple to buy, just like buying a stock in a single company. But of course, when it comes to, let's say, the advisory market, there are still some challenges for certain advisors to buy into ETFs. Not because they don't want to, but because some of their platforms haven't made it as easy for them. But there's been positive momentum to try to solve that for some time. So I think on the advisory side, you know, that is going to continue to improve. And then certainly on the wealth management space, when you look at discretionary fund managers or private banks, they're very comfortable using ETFs. In fact, I would say that they use mutual funds and ETFs interchangeably. What's crucial there is the investment strategy.
2: Overall, what type of ETFs are you finding to be most popular right now in the UK?
1: You know, we certainly have a thematic focus as a firm, and that's where a huge amount of interest has come in previous years, and especially in the last, I would say, 12 months or so. But of course, a lot of people are using ETFs as tactical as well as strategic building blocks. So a lot of investors will continue to look for market cap-based investments, beta investments. But even that's getting disrupted because of the need to be sustainable. So if you ask me where investors are most likely going to look, it's going to be in the thematic space, which a lot of them are in the kind of the global sectors within the IA, and then also in the kind of the regional equity side of things. I think fixed income is one area that the ETF market will continue to expand and hopefully will also fit within the IA sectors very cleanly.
0: Are there any similar initiatives in other geographical areas being run by trade associations?
3: In Europe, we have the European Fund Classification Task Force, which I'm happy to say that I'm also chair of, which is a pan-European initiative for funds to be categorised. There are two levels. One is verified, where a similar process to the IA works. The fund group would actually submit their fund for classification. But we also have an indicative classification where we can just look at the holdings of funds should a group wish to put their funds forward but not actually go through the process of reporting data on a quarterly basis. Very much the focus of trade bodies is representing the interests of our members, but we also have a focus on the end investor and helping them to make sense of the market. I mean, the difference being with the IA, obviously, that data vendors like Morningstar and FE and Lipper create performance averages for our sectors. One of the ways investors use our sectors is to actually compare The performance of particular funds against their sector industry average so there is that element in the uk and i think that's a really important element but in europe it's really around this kind of helping to find consistent fund peer groups across different jurisdictions and then obviously there are the commercial providers who create sectors as well so there are different schemes out there but the ia we have a monitoring process for our sectors So we're actually analysing the holdings of funds in our sectors to make sure that they're meeting our sector definitions. And we do take enforcement action if they don't to ensure that investors can have confidence that funds really are meeting the sector criteria.
2: That's terrific. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Thanks very much. Great to be here. So,
0: Deborah, turning back to you, could you give us an update on which products were issued over the previous week and a bit of colour around what was issued, please?
2: So last week was actually a really slow week. There were only 10 new ETFs that came to market from nine issuers. There was another Bitcoin ETF in Canada. So there's really been a flood of crypto products coming to market, one fixed income and eight equity. So I saw another dividend product come to market. But I think the most exciting thing is at the end of April, what we saw is the ETF industry has broken through $9 trillion. So this has been an amazing year when we look at the growth in assets. We look at the growth in net new assets going into ETFs. It's been an exciting time, although there haven't been a lot of new listings.
0: That's great. Deborah. thank you so much.
2: Thank you.